to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care, aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Cindy Croft, Director of the Center, and I'm here again with Priscilla Weigel, an inclusion consultant with the CICC. Welcome, Priscilla. Great to be here, Cindy. So fun to be doing these podcasts with you. It's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Well, that's good because today our topic is something that we should all be enjoying, and Mm -hmm. that's play. So we are going to start out by talking about play and children. Mm-hmm. And we want to kind of discuss, first of all, some of the foundations or pieces we should know about play before we begin to look at some of the challenges children may have in play. So could you kind of talk to us about children and development and, and, and what we should be thinking about when we look at children and how they're playing? Sure. Play is something that seems so common and easy in childhood, but some children are challenged by it. And because of that fact, it causes perhaps challenges in just overall development because play is a child's work, to quote Maria Montessori. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we look at play skill development, children move through development of play skills similarly to any other development that they're going through as far as cognitive skills and gross motor, fine motor. There's, it's a stage-by-stage process, and it starts with infancy, where children primarily are playing with adults, where they interact back and forth, taking turns, responding to that adult facial expression, you know, the coos and the, and the laughing and the smiling, and that's that foundational piece that we want to see in infancy, though, that connectedness, that reciprocity. Then they move into uh, solitary play at one to one and a half years of age where typically a child would play alone or more independently. They'd maybe explore some toys. They'd be doing more mouthing of toys and that type of thing, but their activity and their play isn't really related to others, and it doesn't depend on others and need others to play. Uh, And then when, when, when a child is in like two to two and a half years, they typically move into parallel play where they're playing side by side, mm-hmm. where they may choose the same activity, but they're really not interacting and ca- and doing any back, back and forth playing. They're just next to each other. Mm-hmm. And they may pass a toy, you know, or look over at their friend and get an idea for that play, but it's still parallel. It's very much... Um, it may be related, but it's very much separate still. And then a child would move to, at like two and a half to three years of age, associative play. Or, and that's when uh, all, ch- all children are doing the same thing, but maybe without an interchange. So they're all still playing at the block area, but they will talk about it more. Or they'll say, can you pass me that red block? Or they'll say, I'm going to make this car or whatever. And so they're moving into more of that back and forth. Um, they may follow cars around a table together and laugh. Or they may chase around a table, mm-hmm. which you see typically you know, in toddlerhood and, and early threes where they're just all this is fun, let's do it together, let's do all do the same thing. And then a child moves later in those in the three-year range, three to three and a half, to more cooperative play or organized play. And that's early preschool years too, four and five, where children really have a plan and they say, I, we, you know, we're going to play house, we need a mom, we need a dad, we need a, a baby who wants to play these parts. And they really have a plan for the theme and the activity mm-hmm. and they work together to achieve that. So that's kind of the basics of that play development. You mm-hmm. want to see that moving 
learning. And what happens, I think, as providers and teachers and caregivers for young children, we just make the assumption that every child comes out of the womb and they can play. Right. And that you put a truck in front of somebody and they know exactly what to do with it. Or you put... teacup and a, a coffee pot in front of a child and they're going to know how to pretend with that. And that right. is not always the case. Exactly. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's a really good point, Priscilla. And you also make me think as you're going through these developmental stages that maybe a child, if they haven't mastered an earlier stage, certainly they're going to have difficulty then, even though perhaps they're two and a half at that, they may have difficulty then at a stage we might think they should be at Mm -hmm. if in fact they haven't mastered an earlier stage. And maybe we're not thinking about that when we're looking at the child where they are in the present. Or in the case of childcare and early education, sometimes a child might be enrolled and they're older and you didn't see them when they were younger. Mm -hmm. So you may not know exactly where they are in their development, even though you may understand typically where a child would be playing. So it takes, there's a lot of factors going on here when you are looking at play and individually where each child is Mm -hmm. in their play development. It's very interesting. So it's complicated. It's not as intuitive as as people might think. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we set the stage for children by putting out toys, using a variety of different things to help them interact and also providing them opportunities to play alone. What we're doing is we're just saying this is how you experiment and practice and we want to give children, all children, that opportunity regardless of if you have a classroom or a a family child care where most of the kids you care for are four and five, you're still going to want to provide some of those younger toys or whatever because there may be a child in your care who still needs practice in that area and, and still needs to have that downtime and maybe they're an introverted child where they feel like they need to recharge and go somewhere far from everyone it doesn't mean that they're going to be stuck in that spot always they just need that personally for healthy development and healthy things Um, one thing too to look at play when you look at play play requires active participation of the player so if you have a child who just goes through the motions who is just doing it to kind of appease you you might be concerned about that Because typically when you put toys in front of a child, when you see a child interact with those toys, there's an excitement, there's an an engagement Mm -hmm. there. Um, And then the the motivation comes from within that child. It's an intrinsic thing. So we want to provide them with opportunities to make choices on their own instead of always being the one to say, we're going to do this now or we're going to do that because that's going to help them with healthy skill development because we're not always going to be there to say this is what you do with these blocks we want to just leave options out for children so they can go to the next level Um, it focuses on not on outcome but the activity that's another thing about play Mm -hmm. it's it doesn't have this product that they're all working for it just is this ongoing joy that you want to see children involved in and that's one of my favorite things I know when I was in the classroom as a teacher to stand back in the classroom and observe children playing and enjoying it it mm-hmm. just gave me goosebumps yeah oh, it was sweet. one of my favorite things to do because they're so engaged the whole world could blow away around them but they are just connected with that activity that they're involved in um, and in you know, that kind of takes me to the next. It's supposed to be fun. Right. Play is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be a chore. It's not supposed to be scary. It's not supposed to be any of the things that we sometimes see for some children by just their behaviors. They're showing us that it is not my favorite thing to do, mm-hmm. and that's a red flag. Okay, great. Well, this has been very interesting. Are there is there anything else you'd like to add about play, the dynamics of play, or uh, the basic skills needed for a child to be successful in play? 
Well, some things that you really want to see, you know, I talked about that intrinsically motivated choice, um, that you want children to develop that ability to initiate their own play choices. So that's really important. And how do we set that up for children? How do we provide them opportunities? I talked about that a little bit about, you know, leaving things open-ended. And the ability to maintain a focus in play, to stay with an activity instead of just the flip, flip, flip from one activity to another or just the dumping behavior of, I'm going to go over here, I'm going to dump this toy, I'm going to go over here and dump this toy. The child's not really playing with things. They're just moving from one place to another. So that maintenance of focus is important. Um, and stay, the ability to stay with an activity, the ability to create an experiment, try new things, problem solving is a huge part of play, um, to the ability to use a lot of different materials and activities, to have that joy, and to join another group, to not always have to be in that solitary play stage, but to move. Maybe it's when you're four, you're still moving through solitary play to parallel play to associative play. That may happen, but we want to see that movement and that interest expand because that's going to help a child later in school and in life. Um, So that enjoyment, that being able to enjoy a, a group and play with others and also communicate and negotiate because that's what play is all about, trial and error. Can I have this toy? Oh, it didn't work yesterday when I grabbed it away from that you know, other kid. He started crying and he hit me. So how do I go back to that and think what would be a better choice? So all those things are part of play, and that's what early childhood is about, teaching right. children Great. through that vehicle of play. Oh, thank you so much, Priscilla. This is a great foundation. And what we'd like to do in our subsequent podcast now is talk about some of the challenges that might come out of play with some children. Mm -hmm. So, And I know that for the early childhood educator, um, these are some of the the issues that might present as challenging behaviors in Mm -hmm. some ways or just maybe uh, the challenges that they try to... Um, that they deal with every day and maybe they're kind of stuck. What do I do with this child who uh, isn't learning their affiliation skill sets mm-hmm. yet or whatever. So we're going to begin to talk about those next. So great. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast today. That's all for now. See you next time.